Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to More Than a Season podcast with Ashley and Brittany. Join us as we walk through what life is like supporting a coach. Real, authentic, behind the scenes look of what the support system experiences, but no one discusses. So grab a drink, sit back, and listen because we're about to get real. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Stop listening. Press pause. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the ratings and reviews. Select five stars and give us a review. And if you're on Spotify, click our podcast page and click follow and download to listen to all of our episodes. Thanks so much. Enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. Hi, friends. Hi, welcome back. We are so excited. We have a special guest here. Hey, y'all. My name is Cecilia Simon. I am the coach's wife of Mr. John Simon. He is currently the wide receivers coach and the recruiting coordinator at the University of Memphis. We have the privilege of parenting two teenage boys. Uh, John is 15 and James is 13. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) You got your hands full then. Pray for me. Y'all pray for me. (laughs) So we just wanted to bring you on here because you have just started your own journey with a devotional as well as you've moved a bunch and you've really just rooted yourself with not only being a coach's wife, but how to be, you know, a disciple with God and like his whole journey. So we are so excited to have you. We just want to start off from the beginning. So where was the first place you started out? So first of all, thank you guys for inviting me. I'm excited to share with you my football journey. So it started, um, John and I met at Louisiana Tech University. You guys, I was 18 years old, my freshman year. I've known him like all of my life. We've been married for 17 years. We dated four years prior to getting married. So I've known him for about 21 years. I'm only 39. So I literally have known him for over half of my life. But it's interesting because when I met him, I didn't know he was a football player. So I didn't go after him or him after me, you know, because he was a player. But I I quickly found out that he was a part of the Louisiana Tech University football team. And so we started dating and... I had one more year to finish and he started his rookie year in the NFL. So I kind of have a different football journey that began with the National Football League in his pro football career. So my last year uh, at Louisiana Tech, my senior year, you guys, I was sending out graduation invitations and wedding invitations at the same time. So I graduated in May and we got married in July. It was so crazy. (laughs) So crazy, but it was so fun and I'll never forget it. It was one of my greatest um, memories memories being with him. But then we moved to Nashville. He, his rookie year, he played with the Tennessee Titans and that whole lifestyle is crazy, but it taught us so much. And he was in the NFL for three and a half years prior to him receiving a season ending injury where he had to retire. That changed our lives, of course, like, cause nobody thinks that your uh, NFL career would end that quickly, um, but it did. And so we had to learn how to be normal people and live normal lives. Um, and so we moved to Dallas from Nashville. And then um, he received his first coaching career in Mississippi. So we moved from Dallas to Mississippi. And then after that, we moved to Arizona. And then from Arizona, we moved to Memphis, where we are currently. But a lot of people don't know, in between Mississippi and Arizona, John was hired at UL for four weeks. <laughs> so, yes. 
in Lafayette for four weeks. And so the boys and I didn't move. We weren't going to move. I was a school counselor. And so I was just going to ride it out in Mississippi and wait until the summer to move to Louisiana. Cause I mean, that was really close and we would get to see each other, but I'm glad we did move. Cause he was only there for four weeks before he was hired at Arizona state. So as you can see, this football life is a crazy one, but we love it. We endure it and it makes us better people because of it. That's so crazy. I, I always think about that too. Like, especially when you have kids making a move and then, you know, if you were to make the move to Louisiana and then have four weeks and then move again to Arizona, that's a lot. What was that like when you first started introducing the kids to football world and kind of showing them, you know, we're going to have to move maybe a lot. And what did you tell them at first? So when John left the NFL, crazy as it sounds, he did not want to have anything to do with football after that. Like he was just done. He was a car salesman for a while. He did some insurance for a while. He did real estate for a while. He was just done with football. And I knew as a wife like this circle is gonna come back around I'm just gonna let him find himself I'm gonna leave him alone (laughs) and so we were in Dallas and he and I both ended up going back to get our master's degrees he received his in kinesiology and I received mine in professional counseling actually and then he decided all of a sudden right like I think I want to coach. Like, really? Okay, I I knew it, but I I just let you find yourself, right? Because he just had to figure that out. He had to sit with himself and and look in the mirror and figure some things out. And so he ended up, he literally just went through the ranks. So he was a middle school coach in Dallas um, at a middle school. And then he became a high school coach. And then he became an athletic director. And then we started having kids. And so our kids were born in Plano, Texas, both of them. And they were really young. So when he started his high school career in football, I just dragged them to the stadiums, you know, and we just sit there and they didn't really know what was going on. Uh, It wasn't until they got older, probably like our first move where they were still kind of not sure what was going on but definitely I think when we moved to Arizona which is far from where we're from which is Louisiana they figured wait we don't get to see family anymore as often as we used to and and um, we just literally moved in the midst of spring break where are we going and I think the puzzles begin to connect once we moved uh, so far out west and, and at that time one was in fifth grade and the other was in sixth grade so they were getting a little older and being able to kind of um, decipher for themselves what was going on and of course we had to talk with them and they were okay they're boys they love football and wherever daddy goes you know they just want to be right there with him so that's such a good mentality for them to have because we get questions all the time from listeners and we don't have kids yet so we we always try to like reach out and ask for that as because I think that's one of the biggest pieces is when they do have to move and just telling them. But I do have a question. So you have your masters and you have your boys and he is just moving y'all all over the place. So as many adventures as you had, how did you find yourself? Yeah, it did take a while because, um, again, my, my football journey with him started in the NFL. And of course you have this big high profile guy who's a star. You're literally known as so-and-so's wife. So I was John Simon's wife um, for three and a half years. And uh, I can't uh, not say that it did not bother me because it did. So that just pushed me to want to create my own name, my own thing. And so I was thinking to myself uh, in three and a half years, like, what would it look like for somebody to call me by my actual name which is Cecilia and so I just began to pray about my identity um but here's the thing I 
still loved and still love being called John Simon's wife. Like there's a lot of reward in that. Like, why would I not want to be called that? So when you begin to kind of divide uh, what that looks like, you begin to divide your marriage. And so I had to learn that too. Like Cecilia, it's okay to be John Simon's wife, but it's okay to be Cecilia Simon as well. And so um, just learning how to navigate both and to combine both helped me be able to see him as someone who loves me. He's not trying to divide our marriages, just people in society, right? And they Sometimes don't get it, but I learned through counseling, obviously, and then uh, being a school educator that, you know, we have to give ourselves grace, give other people grace because they don't know what to say and sometimes they don't get it. And so um, I just found myself loving him enough to be able to love him and me at the same time. And that's kind of how, you know, a lot of what I've done has come about. That's so sweet. I, I love the way that you put that though, because I think sometimes you think of separation of like, I don't want to be called just his wife, right. but you, you have to have the balance. I love that. Right. And so what was the difference between being a player's wife to a coach's wife? What was that transition like for you? Right. So as a player's wife, that's really kind of what you are. It's like you just, you sit in the stands, you know, you, you kind of get to do things. And, and being a player's wife and a player's girlfriend or fiance is even a whole nother ball game. So I was his girlfriend and his fiance. So I went through all of the ranks, right? Yeah. But what I've learned in the girlfriend and the fiance season is to live between the tension, right? Like there's something you're feeling that you don't like about that. There's some things you feel that you do like and what is both sides teaching you. And for me, it was, there's a scripture and it says, in confidence and quietness is your strength. And I'm like, okay, so maybe this is the season for me to live between being quiet and being confident. And so as a girlfriend and a fiance, I just need to learn. Like, I just need to sit and learn from these seasoned wives what it looks like to be a player's wife and then what it looks like to be a coach's wife. Because once you develop into being a player's wife and you've been there for a while, you know, now you're a coach's wife and then everything's new. So things are always new, right? Things are always changing. And so now I'm going into this coach's wife circle and this is my first year. And now it's time to, in confidence and in quietness is your strength. It's time to learn again. And so that's what I, you know, how I see things. Um, every time you reach a new level or you, you have to go into a new atmosphere or a new environment, now is not the time to talk, Cecilia. Now is the time to listen and hear and see and observe, you know, um, what you want to eat and chew and what you want to spit out. And that's okay. And I think, you know, we uh, should never, ever you know, not want to be students, you know, not want to learn. If you go into everything thinking you know everything, then you don't know nothing, right? So I truly believe, you know, that there are times as, as a player's wife and as a coach's wife, um, I've learned when to speak up and I've learned when to be quiet. Yeah, I'm like speechless listening to this because I feel like I just learned so much about it that you just said because we get the messages that divide between being the girlfriend and then being the wife and how to handle that mentally because... Like you said, there is this like difference and there is this hierarchy of, and, it, and nobody means for it to be this way, but it is, it just happens that way. And so telling people how to mentally accept that and just to be like, this is the positives that come out of it. Like I'm sitting here, even if I am a girlfriend or a fiance 
or even a new wife because I am a quality control wife. And so just sitting back and learning from those like you, uh, you know, that are all different levels. So that's just so wonderful to hear. You have found ministry within football. So I want to know when this light bulb went off of, I'm going to connect God and his purpose into this football world. So gosh, it's so easy. And the devil is so decisive and divisive, I guess you could say. His goal is to divide marriage, right? We already know it. And so you can get into this profession and you can get really bitter. You can be so aggravated and frustrated with your husband's profession but the truth is on Saturdays or Sundays whenever your husband plays or coaches all of that goes away and so my thought process is to think of every day as a Saturday or a Sunday and so before I get upset with my husband for something that really I'm upset with myself about because marriage is a mirror right then I think to myself the scripture in Isaiah is Isaiah 54 and 5 and it says for your maker is your husband for your maker is your husband. I can stop right there. I don't even have to read the rest of the verse, right? For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And the Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. The God of the whole world, he is called. When I remember that God is my husband and John isn't, that God is coming back for his bride, his church, which is me, then I'm reminded that John is a human. He's fallen. I'm fallen. He's going to make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes. And so I don't focus so much on who he is, rather focus more on who God is and who God has made him to be. And ultimately, how I look at my husband is this. My husband is my brother in Christ, right? So if I want him to feel like I care for him or that I respect him, then I treat him as my brother in Christ. I won't treat anybody on the streets no better than I would treat the man that I live with every single day. And so I begin to see God as my husband. And then John is someone that God has given me to help me to feel a little bit of what that looks like here on earth. But ultimately in eternity, our goal is to live with Christ forever. And so when I do right by God, I'm doing right by John. If I'm faithful to God, I'll be faithful to John. If I love God with my whole heart, then I love John with my whole heart. So it all starts with God first, and then it trickles down to my husband. So just realizing that marriage is a mirror and that when I see my husband, when I'm looking at him, I'm really looking at myself in the face. What are your flaws, Cecilia? What are you upset about? What are you aggravated about? What, what happened to you today? It has nothing to do with your husband. It has everything to do with what you're dealing with on the inside. And perhaps you haven't given that to God today. And so that's that's kind of where everything has intertwined uh, as a coach's wife and with ministry, because I don't think you can do coaching without ministry. It just does not work. It just does not work. Yeah, I feel like we've seen that with a lot of people that we've interviewed, actually, which I feel is very surprising to me. I don't know. I'm not too seasoned in this world, but so fascinating to me that this is where everyone draws their strength. It's awesome. Like a cool community that not only you have these women that can connect with each other, but they also can connect with God. And then you can kind of have that relationship as well. So I think that's awesome. And you did create your devotional. So what, what was the idea of the Coaches Wives Unite? How did that come about? So Coaches Wives Unite was actually created after the devo devotional. The devotional I wrote um, while we were in Arizona. And to be frank, John and I were going through a period in our marriage where I just really wanted to walk away. I was just so done. Like, I was just like, dude, this is not working. We've been together for 10, 11 years. And 
I don't even know how it's not working, but it's not working. And I put that devotional down for about six months. I was writing it and I stopped because I was so frustrated, so angry, trying to figure out marriage, trying to figure out where I fit, that when I picked it back up, I thought I was writing it to encourage other coaches wise, but I was actually writing it to encourage myself. (laughs) The overflow of it was that I was able to encourage coaches wise, but God was actually healing me and helping me as I wrote. And so the devotional came out of a place of hurt and pain and trying to figure out what this life looked like for me and him. And then Coaches Wives Unite just kind of derived from all of that. And so the three pillars of Coaches Wives Unite is one, making sure that we surrender to Christ and his will and his commands and his love and his grace for us. Two, submitting to our husbands because nothing will work if we didn't do that. You know, married to coach to minister to both. We'll equally submit it to Christ and our coach. It wouldn't work if we were just submitted to one of them. We love God and I love our husbands. We love our husbands and I love God. So you have to have a balance. Surrender, submit, and serve wherever this profession takes us. And so I've learned in the eight years my husband has been a college coach is that you can't sit back and you can't wait for people to welcome you. You have to go out. You have to find friends. You have to communicate. You have to, uh, you know, get to know your neighbors because you don't know how long you're going to be in one place. And you can miss opportunity. You can miss loving your neighbor. You can miss just getting to know God's people if you sit and isolate yourself and get discouraged because now you're in a new place and you don't know anybody. I've learned that you don't have time for that. You don't have time to have a pity party. You go out, you learn, you figure people out and you never know when you got to go again. So you built some relationships and you move on. Those are the three pillars of Coaches Wives Unite that derived out of that devotion is surrender to God, submit to your husband and serve wherever this profession takes you. Yeah, I think all of that is just so key to being successful. I'm very newly married, like barely over a year. And so just I am someone that's like a sponge that I try to absorb all the information that I can get for helping your marriage and things like that. And I think everyone needs to check out this devotional. Um, it's on Amazon, correct? That you can purchase on Amazon. Yeah. Um, so we are going to pick up a copy of our <laughs> for ourselves. But I want to know that so you've been to a bunch of different places. So has there been any like crazy um, fans in the stands moments where you're like, I'm just going to, you know, use that Bible verse and sit back and be quiet. That's so funny. So I call them couch coaches. You know, everybody has, if they were the coach, what they would do. Every university is different depending on where we sit. All coaches' wives usually sit together. But in one particular university, we did all sit together, but some kind of way, and we all have the same tickets in the same area. So when we give tickets away, we know the people who are sitting with us. So I don't know where these friends came from. So you know, when you play your rival school, it's like really bad. So these particular fans were our rival school sitting right behind us. So they would cheer really loud when their team did something. And, and you have 
the coaches and their kids and you know your your job is on the line so this is so much more than a football game right and we're just all looking like one where did they come from because we know <laughs> our tickets and who gets them right and who's supposed to sit with us but y'all are being extra fanny you know <laughs> extra loud extra whatever and so finally we were just like you know what we're gonna text you know our liaison and he's gonna have to remove these two because they are being really extra and so we did we we called him <laughs> and the security guard came and he just you know waved them to the side like y'all gonna have to go we don't know how y'all got these tickets um, we're sorry that you're here and that you have to leave, but you got to go. Like, this is disturbing. They were just, yeah. I mean, you have those fans, but they were, they, they were intentionally trying to just annoy us. Yes. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> and they had to go. <laughs> I love that. I love that you're like, they have to go. Like, they've got to go. <laughs> they have to go. You know. <laughs> We want everybody to have fun, you know, but to the point where you're, you're the only two in the, in the mesh of another color. Yeah. There's something wrong with it. I know, right? They were like, we are intentionally going to be those annoying fans. There's some people like that. Yeah. So if you were to tell your younger self, or I guess someone just starting out in this industry, what would you tell them? What have you learned over your many years of being a seasoned wife? What have you learned that you'd want to share? Gosh, there's so much. I think ultimately your first ministry is your marriage. When football is gone, when the fans are gone, when the t-shirts are gone, the colors are gone, the tailgates are gone, like your husband is still coming home to you. Give him a place to be able to rest his head without worry. Right. So he's going to hear on the outside all of the negatives. Don't be that person on the inside. Give him a place to rest his head so he doesn't. The Bible says, don't be that quarreling wife that runs your husband on top of the roof. And so if anything else, I think about if all of this went away, who would be left standing? And that would be me and my husband. And I have to make sure that he can trust me. Proverbs 31, like the heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. Like, whoa, what does that mean? Like, he won't miss anything. He won't be discounted of anything because he trusts who I am, not just in him, but who I am in Christ, right? He sees me shutting my mouth when times when I want to fuss, or he sees me picking up his clothes when he shoots them in the basket and they don't go in. And I'm looking like, do you not see that they're on the floor? Like, go pick that up. I'll just go pick it up. Or, you know, on days when I'm tired of taking out the trash, that's neither of our responsibility, right? It's whoever's body is able, just go put the trash outside. Like, I, I don't want to be that one where I'm adding extra stress to him. And so I'm always reminded that my marriage is my first ministry because I don't know what conversation he just had with his offensive coordinator or his head coach before he came home. And so as much as I can, I just want him to have a home of peace, a home where he's proud to come to and um, just make sure that he knows that if all of the titles were taken away, that I would still love him as just as simply as being 
John Simon, not John Simon, the wide receivers coach, not John Simon, the recruiting coordinator, but just John Simon. And I think when Proverbs 31 says the heart of her husband trusts in her, that's what it's saying, that he trusts that if everything was taken away, having God is enough to start all over again. And that's what I truly believe. That's so sweet. I love the way that you just put that too, because I think that sometimes gets lost in translation where people forget that it's just, I mean, at the end of the day, all that stuff's going to be gone and it's going to be you two and you have each other and you have to have that great relationship and your, your relationship with God as well is just so overpowering and awesome and inspiring. So thank you so much for talking with us. We've really enjoyed getting to know you and your fun personality and your very inspiring stories. Thank you. I've had fun. Thank you guys for inviting me. Yep. Yeah, and we'll definitely have you on again because I feel like I'm a changed woman after listening to, to all of this. So we really appreciate it. And everyone else that's listening, thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye. Oh, bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to More Than a Season podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at more than a season underscore women's guide for the latest updates. You can also follow our personal Instagram accounts at Ashley M. Kramer and Britt Labby. We would love it if you would download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. Thank you so much. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.